My name is Sarah Northrup, and you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Here are the three biggest stories from the past week. Friday, President Schill's State of the University address was suspended after students stormed the stage and began protesting with chants and a megaphone. From Tuesday, after lowering the minimum grade, 36% more students passed the Oregon bar exam. Then, the university received an anonymous donation of $50 million, which will be used to fund the newly created Presidential Fund for Excellence. Today is Saturday, October 7th. You're listening to the Daily Emerald Weekly News Wrap-Up. I'm Alec Cowan, and I'm the senior podcast editor with The Daily Emerald. I'm Michael Tobin. I'm senior news reporter for The Daily Emerald. Our lead story. On Friday, President Schill was set to give a State of the University address, which was meant to welcome students to campus. But during interim vice president Kevin Marbury's introduction, roughly 45 students stormed the stage. Once there, students chanted and spoke through a megaphone on inequality in Schill's leadership. So, Michael, you were at the speech. You saw the protest, and you were also able to speak with President Schill afterward. Can you just start by giving some background on what the speech was supposed to cover? Yeah. So, during the speech, President Schill wanted to emphasize the university's commitment to um, inclusivity and that they value every student and staff equally, regardless of race, class, gender, or status. Uh, He also wanted to uphold standards of free speech and expression, respect for others and yourself, and the pursuit of excellence. He also wanted to talk about free speech, too. President Schill also wanted to reinforce that the school will stay committed to addressing cases of sexual harassment and assault. So if you're unaware, Title IX recently underwent federal changes that require a heavier burden of proof in sexual assault investigations. In a statement, Schill said that the federal changes will have, quote, little if any impact on our policies and practices, unquote. So then can you describe when the students rushed the stage? Yeah, so um, Kevin Marbury, the interim vice president, just finished speaking, and then she was, like, about to go up, and then they all got some chairs and then helped each other onto the stage and just rushed it, basically. And what was the crowd's reaction to that? The reaction that I saw was everybody kind of knew it was going to happen. I talked to Shill right before he went on or he's supposed to go on. And he said, we're going to have a little bit of you know, a show like right before. Um, so he knew what was going to happen, but they didn't think that it was going to go on and they were going to cancel the speech. So what did the protesters talk about once they had the stage? So I think their main gripe that they were talking about, this is from my perception of listening and watching it was um the main problem that they had with um president Schill and the institution was what they described as the presence of neo-nazis and fascists on campus and they're saying that it's a growing presence oh and the students also talked about how they didn't want to be priced out of tuition and the unfair treatment of um the lgbtq plus community and um students of color and Schill didn't stay to have any kind of conversation with them right no no he didn't he left actually and so you were able to speak with him afterward i was yeah so she came into the emerald office at about 2 p.m and the speech happened was supposed to happen at 11 so president Schill had a pretty interesting take on this um he said that he respected their right to have their views and he said that he respected um their right to feel the way that they feel, but he isn't exactly clear on what their message is. 
and a lot of people that I talked to at this event aren't exactly sure what they were protesting about. They were kind of incoherent when they were talking, and they had a lot of um, messages and slogans, but they didn't really advocate for any sort of um, actual policy change or anything. It was more of just listing complaints with the university. President Chill had this really interesting philosophy, I guess you could call it, when I was um, sitting down with him this afternoon. He said that um, free speech is our religion and that the university is a place to have a respectful dialogue, and that's what we do here. It's a respectful and civilized dialogue. Our second story, after lowering the passing grade for the bar, 36% more students passed the test this year. And Michael, you also have been covering both the passage rates and then also when the passing grade was lowered. So can you explain just in the first place why the grade itself was lowered? Yeah, I've been following this story since August when it came out or it was in the summer. So um, Bill Harbaugh, who is the faculty senate vice president and I, did a public records request and we received documents that in March, the deans of Oregon's three law schools sent a letter to the board of bar examiners, um, encouraging them to lower the minimum passing score of the bar exam. And the reason behind that was Oregon has fairly high standards compared to other surrounding states. And at the time the letter was sent, Oregon had the third highest minimum passing score, which is a score of 284 um, in the country. And that's behind Delaware and California. So the deans of Oregon's three law schools proposed that the score be lowered to uh, 266, which is substantially lower. But the Board of Bar Examiners decided to settle on 276. And um, Vice President of the Faculty Senate, Bill Harbaugh, who I was um, getting these records with, says that lowering the requirement will have a significant impact on students' futures. And his main thinking is that it's going to oversaturate the job market for lawyers even more, um, which could potentially be really bad for people trying to um, trying to enter the job market when there's already so many lawyers. So now we've actually been able to see how the lower grade threshold has affected passage rates. And so exactly. what, yeah. are, what are the numbers coming out to? Yeah, so it was a 21 percentage point increase. Um, so in 2016, for the July exam, 58% of people passed, but for the 2017 July exam, 79% of people passed. And that is a substantial increase. It's a lot of people. And so you're kind of characterizing Harbaugh's reactions to it. Now that we have a better idea of the actual effect of these changes, what are some of the reactions? Like obviously more people are passing and how do people view that? Yeah, um, that's actually a really good question. There's a lot of mixed reactions, I would say. Most of them, though, are saying that despite lowering the score, it um, doesn't really make a difference. So I spoke to Nicole Kamisong, who um, is the Associate Dean for Student Affairs at Oregon's Law School, and she said that despite the score being lowered, it's not, the test is not any easier. So Students still have to study the same amount, which is roughly 48 to 50 hours a week um, after graduation, was, which takes place in May. So students are still doing the same amount of studying for a test that's just as hard, but the score is just lower. And that's her opinion. And you'd also spoken to a law school student. Yeah. Okay. So for the original story I wrote, which was about the decision to lower the bar score in the first place, um, the student that I spoke to who wished to 
remain anonymous due to the politics within the law school. They said that the law school doesn't do enough to begin with to prepare students for the bar. So they thought that lowering the score was an easier solution than providing access to things like more prep courses for um, for the bar. So instead of you know spending the money on these classes, they're just going to circumvent that and lower the score. And then also, like you alluded to earlier, Harbaugh believed that even though more people are passing, that doesn't necessarily default to a good thing because the market itself will be oversaturated. And yeah, no, exactly. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think with that, with what he's saying, it's like it's just easier to pass and your lawyer might not be as qualified or as, like, as good as they could be. Um, I think the only good thing to come out of this, though, would be that it would be cheaper to get a lawyer since there's more of them. So. And so for our third story, prior to Shill's address, an anonymous donation of $50 million was given to the university, as reported by the Register Guard and confirmed by the university. The money will be used to fund the Presidential Fund for Excellence and will not be used for any operational costs for the university. Will Campbell and Frankie Benitez reported that story. You can read more about all of the stories we've talked about at dailyemerald.com, and we should have some developing coverage on Shill's speech and the protests in the coming future. That's all we have time for today. My name is Alec Cowan. I'm Michael Tobin. And if you'd like to hear more from the Emerald Podcast Network, you can subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud and listen to these episodes right on the Emerald homepage at dailyemerald.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.